to Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. I shot 30 buffalo while I was out, all of which I got and could have killed more if I wished, but I only shot what I could save. I was careful not to wound buffalo and have them go off to die, as many thoughtless men do. A buffalo is a very different kind of animal from what I had supposed. The impression I had of them was all wrong. First, color. They're as black as coal except the neck and part of the shoulders. Their tail is not over 18 inches long and destitute of hair except a tuft at the end. There is about as much danger hitting them when on foot as there is in going into a pasture and shooting fat cattle. There is far more danger hunting them on a horse for a horse sometimes steps in a hole and breaks his neck. One buffalo in a thousand may turn on the hunter, but not more. The crack of a gun will not disturb them in the least. You can shoot into a drove until you get tired. I killed about half of mine at a single shot. One I gave ten fair shots at fifty yards and could not kill him. They will average heavier than common cattle. The cows, however, do not get as broad and are not so heavy. These comments were taken from a letter written in November 1859 by James R. Mead. Mead was living in Salina, Kansas, and was describing for his father and his family in Davenport, Iowa, his first adventure of hunting the American buffalo or bison. Many attempts have been made to estimate the number of buffalo living in America at the beginning of the 19th century. It is reasonable to assume somewhere between 30 and 60 million buffalo inhabited the Great Plains of America in the early 1800s. By 1889, due to many changes, William Hornaday, who helped form the American Bison Society in 1905, found the bison population had been reduced to the astonishingly small number of 1,091 animals. James R. Meade was one of hundreds of commercial buffalo hunters who flocked to the Great Plains, contributing to the widespread carnage of the bison. Among the growing populations in new frontier cities, there was an enormous interest in and market for the meat and hides provided by the buffalo, so they were mainly hunted for profit, not for sport, as illustrated in this letter written by Meade in December 1860. I am going to send you some buffalo meat, all cow meat, and it is good if it arrives safe. Ought to bring 15 cents per pound at any rate. I have shot up to this date since September 1st 355 buffalo and saved 250 buffalo hides. They are worth five cents a pound at the river. You must tell the folks it came from bleeding Kansas and they will buy it with a perfect rush. Henry H. Raymond hunted buffalo near Dodge City, Kansas in 1872 and 1873 and partnered in this venture with the young Masterson brothers. Ed and Bat Masterson would later become famous lawmen. On Saturday, November 23rd, Raymond made this entry in his diary. Went out and helped skin 17 buffaloes, very warm and pleasant. And on the next day, he wrote, Abe and Bat started for Dodge City this morning. Ed killed 19 buffaloes, skinned 15 of them. And on November 26th, Killed and skinned 20 buffaloes. I killed three of them. Beautiful day until night turned very cold and windy. These passages illustrate the ease with which buffalo were found and slaughtered on the Kansas prairie. 
The great migrations of settlers heading west across the plains in the mid-19th century also hunted buffalo, but probably weren't as successful as Mead or Raymond. Immigrants were notoriously poor hunters, and after hurriedly mounting their horses and sprinting off after a herd of shaggies, they found the bison to be a swift and elusive target. The following diary entry is by Harriet Bidwell, who traveled with a wagon train along the Santa Fe Trail in 1851. October 4th. Saw thousands of buffalo scampering over the plains in all directions, sometimes only a short distance from us, but would run off as we approached. They were great, clumsy, awkward-looking creatures. It takes a swift horse to catch one, though to look at them, one would suppose they could hardly get out of the way of a snail. One of the men came along and shot at them, and soon one staggered and fell on his hind legs. He came along and shot again, and over the buffalo tumbled. I felt sorry for him, though I wanted some of his meat. He was larger than the largest oxen I ever saw. Head, shoulders, and forelegs very shaggy. We all took as much meat as we wanted, and left the rest for wolves. Plains covered with buffalo as far as the eye can reach, and their chips furnish us with wood. The arrival of the railroads in Kansas made outside trade easier. There were more buffalo killed in the 1870s than any other decade in history. But the herds began diminishing much earlier than that. The buffalo was hunted for centuries by Native Americans, who used parts of it for food, shelter, and weapons. But the use of rifles and horses by the Native population, coupled with the growing reliance on hunting and trading for outside goods, contributed to the end of the wild bison. The concept of manifest destiny fueled the steady westward expansion of immigrants who preferred private property and livestock ranches to open range. All of these factors contributed to the near extinction of the American bison. Thanks to the efforts of groups like the American Bison Society, the buffalo didn't vanish, and today number about 350,000. Kansans raise them for food and have crossbred them with domestic cattle. You can still go on a buffalo hunt on a private ranch, or view K-State's research herd of about 200 animals on the Kansas Prairie near Manhattan. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are part of Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from the Historical Society collections. The URL for the website is www.kansasmemory.org.